What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, it's another New Vision Podcast. Cloud with you here. We're continuing on in our First and Second Peter book study. We're going verse by verse through that. And yesterday, this is kind of part two of what we talked about yesterday. I'm reading this whole chapter, chapter two of Second Peter. And really, we've uh, we've if you can go back and listen to that, we're on this topic of false teachers. Uh, if you follow along the argument, Peter's now moved into that. And so we saw yesterday that uh, you know there's false teachers, and we need to have some confidence. Peter gives us that to call that out. You know, there are wolves, and there's false teachers, and we need to be aware of false. Um, messages, but also false methods. And we saw typically in the Bible when we see stuff about false teaching, false teachers, it's almost always combined with moral stuff. So it's not always a theological problem, not just a theological problem, but it's also a moral problem. And he's going to continue on with that line of uh, rhetoric, that that reasoning, and that argument today. So just a heads up, I'm reading in Second Peter, the second half of chapter 2. So this would be verse 10b all the way through the end of that chapter, that's verse 22. And uh, just really straightforward honest, the first few verses of this this part that I'm reading, originally in Greek, they had a lot of, you know, play on words and alliteration, you know, where every kind of sentence starts with the same letter. And obviously when you translate that into English, it just doesn't compute, you know, English, it's going to go over our heads in English. So it's, it is weird. And and quite honestly, I just don't get the first few verses in this. And, and, um, you know, it's too long to kind of talk about all the different theological viewpoints and commentators have this argument and that argument. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. We're going to look at the main point that Peter's making, which is going to be obvious. And so um, just stick with it. We're going to read all the way through the chapter, and then we'll make uh, some of our points as usual. So thank you guys for being with us. Again, this is Second Peter chapter 2, verse 10b, all the way through the end. Bold and willful, they do not tremble, so these false teachers... They do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones, whereas angels, though greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord. But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction, suffering wrong as they wage for their wrongdoing. They count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained in greed, accursed children. Forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing, but was rebuked for his own transgression, by a speechless donkey who spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. For them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they enticed by sensual passions of the flesh, those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. 
They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves to corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world, through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first, for it would have been better for them to never have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. And so it is really clunky when you read that. And it's a lot of these run on sentences. And I, and I can see like, if you're listening to this, I hope you're still with me because I know that was hard to get through and it's just worded weird. So, uh, but if we're going to get at the big point here, the big point is again, we're talking about false teaching that Peter is warning the church. And that's the ultimate takeaways. We need to be warned. This is obviously talking about people who are in the church like they're eating with them and, and doing all this stuff, you know, even perverting what appears to be kind of the Lord's Supper, you know, when they were eating these uh, congregational meals together. And so, man, this has infiltrated the church and, you know, it's concerning and it's some harsh language. And we need we need to be aware of that because that's the tendency for our, our church in general is that, you know, we have enemies, principalities, powers of darkness that want to infiltrate that. People who think, you know, they are believers, they're not, and they go on teaching these false messages. People who were never really Christians to begin with, you know, there's all sorts of threats to, you know, the true church. And so anyways, we need to continue to watch out for false message. That's kind of what we talked about yesterday. And in this section, Peter's really, he's in this long description. He's talking more about the character of these false teachers. So it's kind of an in-depth dive. And a lot of this we can kind of know intuitively, but let's dig into it. So Peter's talking about, hey, beware of the character of false teachers. Be warned. And they are marked by, and number one is arrogance. They're marked by arrogance. So we see these kind of descriptions. They're bold and willful. They do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones. And again, I don't understand fully if he's talking about angels, if they're delving into kind of supernatural seance. I don't know, or if that's kind of cryptic languages for church leaders. The point is they're bucking up to authority and they're doing it in an arrogant way. So they're marked by arrogance. So bold, willful, Verse 12, like irrational animals, you know, they're, they're going around thinking with their feely feels instead of with reason and logic. You know, they're irrational animals who go around just based on their feelings and urges and desires. And guess what happens to those animals? They get hunted and they die by their own stupidity. And so, but they're, these teachers are arrogant like that. They're blaspheming matters of which they're ignorant. So it's like, Wow, it's I don't know if you've ever talked to someone and they're like really angry and huffing and puffing and then they're yelling and they're loud and it's like they're really confident. <laughs> I mean, they're really confident, they're just wrong. And it's like, you know, you can see the ignorance kind of coming through in that. Um and, and especially so with false false teaching that leads to well, heresy, and that's that's a strong word, but heresy basically is anything that if you believe fall to its logical conclusion means that you're not saved, like eternal judgment, not things that we disagree with that don't have to do with our salvation. So this is, again, talking about heavy, heavy stuff here. But 
the character of someone who is a heretic, a false teacher, a, a false prophet is one of arrogance, bold, willful, even though they're, you know, irrational. So that's number one. Number two, unbridled lust. Now, every Christian will struggle with arrogance and lust and those things. But this is the kind that's talking about unbridled, like just all bets are off. You know, anything goes as much as possible. Verse 13, it says, they count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. So it's like, hey, all bets are off. You know, we don't have to go into depth on that. But they're marked by arrogance, by unbridled lust. Then the third one is greed. And I thought this was pretty interesting in, in the Greek. Verse 14, it says, they, these false teachers, have hearts trained in greed. And the Greek in that is where we get our word gymnasium. So they're, they're actually been working out in greed. Now, that's pretty crazy. The only thing I can kind of think of in our context that we could see this kind of playing out is, uh, I, I don't know if you ever watched those health, wealth, and prosperity teachers on late night cable TV you know, it's like, man, these guys got the 1-800 number and you call and you get your sprinkled handkerchief and, you know, donations and they've got the billion dollar jets and all that. Like th- that takes some training. That takes some marketing skills. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the closest that I can see as far as a relevant, uh, you know, illustration to show that. But, you know, it says they have hearts trained in greed and then c- compares that these, these false teachers to Balaam. Now, if y'all are familiar with that story, that, that happened back in Numbers in the Old Testament. And Balaam was this kind of Old Testament prophet for hire, for lack of a better term. And he he was hired by uh, King Balak, who, who was the Moabite king. And he got he hired Balaam to prophesy against Israel. So it's like, hey, you, you write pretty good pretty good prophecies, don't you? Why don't you make one up and, and make it against Israel and, and, you know, we'll take them down in war. And so it's like, okay, what kind of prophecy is that where you're hiring yourself out? And he did it for greed. And, and you know, the story that he was riding the donkey and the angels blocking the way and the donkey sees it and, and stops and, and Balaam starts beating the donkey and, and the donkey's like, Hey, stop it. You know, speaks with a, a literal audible human voice and Balaam is just stunned and it's, it's talking about, hey, this speechless donkey spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. That madness being not that he was literally insane. What Peter is making the argument is that it's insane to be trained up in greed, to be highly motivated by you know physical greed in this, this world, knowing that every time there's punishment and there's hell to pay literally for it every time. And and yesterday we went through that list of examples of, you know, this guy was punished and this guy was punished and God is faithful in his track record and punishing, you know, in judgment, people who are false teachers and blatantly, you know, in sin unrepentantly. And so it's, in, that's madness. That's in, insanity to continue on to do that. And so again, arrogance, unbridled lust, greed, and then the last thing I wrote, it, it all sounds really good when you have a false teacher. It sounds great. Verse 18, for speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice, they entice by sensual passions, the flesh of those who are barely escaping. So these are kind of sound like new Christians. Um, verse 14 also says, they entice unsteady souls. So I, we see, you know, the last thing in the character is like, Peter's talking about beware because whoever these people are, it's going to sound good. 
you know, we can have these descriptions as, as Christians to, you know, tell it like it really is. But in the moment, it's going to be good. You know, it's going to sound great. And, and as a close, I, I wrote Sin Desires Company. And, you know, I think I read that in one of my commentaries. But Sin Desires Company. And you're going to want to be around something that sounds like if your flesh is unrestrained, then all this is going to be enticing. But when you look at it from an outside perspective, which is what Peter's trying to do, it's stupid. And he closes out with this, quote, the dog returns to its own vomit. And if you're listening, you're like, hey, that's, that's gross. It's like, I, you know, I don't have my dog anymore, but when I had my dog, she would be sick in her crate while I was at work or something. I'd come home and she, there'd be like a puddle of vomit. If I didn't clean it up in time, she'd be like, oh. Oh, I'll have some of that. <laughs> like, ugh, like, I'm sorry, that's gross, but that's how stupid that following these false teachers is like. That sin desires company and miserable company it is indeed. And so we need to be warned. We need to to grapple with false teachers and false messages. And and you know, Peter's given us that confidence to look at their character and look and see in its logical conclusion where it heads. And so Wherever you are, I hope that the Holy Spirit will help you make those own practical applications where you think you might have some false beliefs in your life. We talked about some of those yesterday. I'm trusting that you will discern this and do your own reading for yourself. And the Holy Spirit, of course, will illuminate your mind as you read the scriptures for yourself. So hope this has helped you guys. Thanks for sticking with it. Guys, tomorrow, Pastor Brady is going to close us out in this series, reading all of chapter three. So y'all make sure to, to check that out and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.